So we are going to wrap up our series in this book we've been doing called Special. So what we've done the past three weeks is we've walked through this little book, You Are Special, and we'll finish it, and then we're going to start a different series next week because if you can't believe it, it's already the end of April, and next week, this Saturday, will be May 1st. So we'll be in May, um, and we'll do a series hopefully the whole month of May, but if Shannon has the baby we will not be here in the end of may so sorry we will not be here yes so we will finish this up today and then we'll start something new next week and we'll get we'll keep on moving from there so if you want to turn in your bibles we'll get there eventually luke 19 luke 19 we're going to be in luke 19 you've probably heard this story before but as we get there i want you to be thinking about a time when you believed something someone told you. When you believed something someone told you. So, just a few weeks ago, one of those days in the last couple weeks when it was like 80 degrees or so in the house uh, or outside, we, we didn't have our air on. Okay? We didn't have our air on. Probably many of you haven't had your air on yet at all. But we didn't have our air on. And it was like 80 degrees outside. And it's like now 8 o'clock at night... We're inside looking at our thermostat, and our thermostat says it's 75 degrees inside. 75 degrees inside. We're sweating. We're like, okay, we need to turn the air on. So we turn the air on, or maybe we didn't turn the air on yet. But anyways, it was hot. So I go upstairs. Shannon is getting ready for bed. Huh? Yeah. Shannon goes up to, to get ready for bed, and, and I come upstairs, and she says, it's so hot in here, we need to turn the air on. I'm like, okay. So I go downstairs, I think, and I, I tell her I turn the air, or I pretend to turn the air on. Or no, I did turn the air on. I can't remember the story. It's bad. Okay, I turn the air on. I turn the air on. Now I remember. I turn the air on. I go back upstairs, and she says, it's hot. Why isn't it getting cool? I said, well, I turn the heat on. I said, turn the heat on, and I have to be mean because I can't lie and keep a straight face, so I just have to be mean to her. So I was just like, I turn the heat on. What do you, what do you want, you know? And she, she, I said, that's why it's so hot in here. It's not getting any cooler because I turned the heat on. I'm cold. I'm trying to frame it like I'm cold. It's 75 degrees in here, so I'm definitely not cold. But I'm telling her that I'm cold, so I turn the heat on, and she's getting all mad. I mean, like, she's getting mad that it's getting hotter in here. And she goes down to check if I turn the heat on, but really I turn the air on. And then we found out later that our air conditioner was, like, low on Freon, so it wasn't cooling our house. So it went down in, like, four hours, one degree. So we slept that night in like 73, 74 degrees inside the house. It was really hot. But I kept framing it to tell her that I turned the heat on. And for a little bit there, she believed me. She believed what I had said to be true, even though that's not really what happened. And a lot of times when we look at the world around us, there's people telling us things we begin to believe. We begin to believe just like in the story, the heat's on. And so that's what we think. That's why it's so hot in here. The heat's on, but that's not really true. People are telling you who you are, and just like that, we begin to believe it. I know we've kind of been talking about this the last couple of weeks, but they begin to tell you you're not special. And so we start to go, okay, that's probably true. Okay, I believe you. When in all reality, that's not true. When all reality, that's not what God 
says you are. That's not who God says you are, but you believe because other people are beginning to tell you that. And it's easy for us, both for people and ourselves, to be crafty with words. People are very crafty with their words to get you to believe whatever they want you to believe. Maybe you've had a different situation where you've tried to get somebody else to believe something, whether it's about you, whether it's about a situation. We used to do it all the time to my grandma because she always believed everything we used to say. So my dad would always go over and say something crazy and she would be like, are you serious? And my dad's like, no. But we can, it's easy to craft words to get people to believe. And, and especially Satan definitely wants you to believe that you're not special in the eyes of God. And so he's going to have people or different people are going to try to pull that apart from you and help you understand that you're not special. And I want to ask you this question as, you, as we unpack this a little bit today. Do you know who you are? Do you know who you really are in the eyes of God? Because you may be coming in here with different people telling you who you are. And you might be believing, might be believing some of these people. But I want you to understand as we look at this last section, simple two words I want you to take away. Believe God. You're like, Taylor, I understand. You know, that's why we come to church, to to learn more about God and believe what God says about us. But no, 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 no. I want you to understand everybody else is going to tell you something different. He is the only one that's going to tell you what's true. He's the only one who's going to tell you who you are and what you are in his eyes. And you can believe it. God's not going to pull a fast one on you and you're going to be like, well, is that true? He's not going to be like me to Shannon, even though it was a joke, I wasn't telling her the truth. God's not going to be like, well, you're special. And then besides, he's like, well, I don't really know about this one. No, he says you're special and we need to stop believing what other people are saying and listen to what God is saying about each and every one of us. That you are special, you are precious, you are deeply loved, and that's what matters, not what other people say. Not what other people say. So, the last section in the book, the woodcarver. Punchinello walked up the narrow path to the top of the hill and stepped into the big shop. His wooden eyes widened at the size of everything. The stool was as tall as he was. He had to stretch on his tiptoes to see the top of the workbench. A hammer was as long as his arm. Punchinello swallowed hard. I'm not staying here. And he turned to leave. Then he heard his name. That's important. Then he heard his name. Punchinello, the voice was deep and strong. I can't do a deep, strong voice like that. Punchinello stopped. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come, let me have a look at you. Punchinello turned slowly and looked at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down, picked him up, and set him on the bench. Hmm. The maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the gray dots. Looked like... You've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. You don't? No, you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're just Wemmicks like you. What they think doesn't matter, Punchinella. All that matters is what I think, and I think you are pretty special. Punchinella laughed. Me? Special? Well, I I, I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders, and spoke very slowly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never heard anyone look at him like this, or never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. 
He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you'd come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no marks, said Punchinello. I know, she told me about you. Why, didn't, why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker spoke softly because she has decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. The more you trust my love, the less you care about their stickers. I'm not sure I understand. Eli smiled. You will, but it will take time. You've got lots of marks for now. Just come to see me every day and let me remind you how much I care. Eli lifted Punchinello off the bench and set him on the floor. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out the door, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart, he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, a dot fell to the ground. I want to read this, this, this sentence again because I think some of you may need to hear this this morning as you're wrestling through who you are. And he said, you are special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. <coughs> I hope you understand that God truly thinks you're special and God truly wants you to understand He doesn't make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes. You might sit there and you think, well, I'm just a mistake. That's not true. God doesn't mess up. God doesn't create something and say, well, I should have done that better. He says, no, I created you, as we looked a couple weeks ago, uniquely. I created you exactly to be you, and that's who I want you to be, and I don't want you to be anybody else. I want you to be you. I want Nick to be Nick. I want Luke to be Luke. I want Tyler to be Tyler. I want Alyssa to be Alyssa. That's who I want them to be. I don't want them to be anybody else. And we're too busy out here trying to be somebody else when God says, I want you to be you because you're special for who you are and just be you. He doesn't make mistakes. Do you believe God? Do you believe that you were made to be you and he didn't mess you up? And that he wants you to be you. We don't tend to believe God. But when you begin to believe that, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your life. You ever get that feeling? I've had this feeling a lot growing up with both my mom and dad. But, but do you ever get that feeling in your heart when somebody, I, I remember many times when my parents would just look at me or my parents would say something to me like, I just love you, Taylor, for who you are. Or I'm proud of you, Taylor, for who you are. I mean, there's just that great feeling inside that you're like, wow, that just feels so good. That's what God is trying to do with each and every one of you looking at you straight in the eye and going, man, you are so special and I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. Punchinello didn't believe that. Punchinello's walking around listening to what everybody else says. They come up, they give him the gray dot. Well, you can't jump. Okay, here's your gray dot. Well, you messed up there. Here's your gray dot. You're not really special. Here's your gray dot. He's walking around with all these gray dots just believing what everybody else says. If you understood what he said here, the stickers only stick if you let them stick or you believe them. 
Are there some things you're believing about yourself you're letting stick to yourself? And Jesus is up there trying to tell you, no, 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 no. You don't need to believe those things. Believe what I say about you. And what's interesting to me, what makes this even more special, is as Punchinello comes to the woodcarver shop, he knows him by name. That's how special he is. Isn't it kind of special when somebody knows your name? They don't just know you and you, you probably had these situations. We had one of these the other day. Somebody came up to us and you're kind of like, hey, and you don't know their name, but you kind of know the face and you know maybe where you've seen them. And so you kind of just keep it very vague. Nobody says any names because nobody knows anybody's name, but you just know the face. God doesn't play that game with you. He doesn't, he doesn't look at Shannon and go, oh, hey, good to see you. Glad you're here. You're special. No, 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 she says, Shannon, you are special. Or Molly, I know your name. I know who you are. You're special. I know your name. That's pretty special. But Punchinello couldn't just believe God. He couldn't just understand what God was saying. Did you, did you catch what he instantly started doing? He tells him he's special. He says, man, you're something special. Put yourself in Punchinello's shoes. Put your name there and say, and God looks at you and says, you're special. Would you do what Punchinello did instantly? What does he do? Me, special? Why I can't walk fast? I can't jump? My pain is peeling. Why do I matter? He begins to start comparing himself to who he thinks is special in this world. He thinks who's special is all the people who can do things better than he can. And the comparing starts to happen. Well, he, he can play basketball better than me. Well, he's a better quarterback than me. Well, he plays this instrument better than me. And so we begin to start comparing because we can't just believe what God is saying. You're special. And so we start comparing. It's just as simple as, as having like a bag of chips or pretzels. I was telling this to Shannon. I said, many times, often in life, if you're put with these two options, I'm guessing. I'm not saying people don't like pretzels. I'm guessing you're going to pick this one. Doritos tend to be a little superior to something like pretzels. And so pretzels over here is always going to be saying, well, I'm not as good as the Doritos. I'm not, I don't have as much nacho cheese as the Doritos. And I got salt instead of cheese. Like he's over here always comparing himself because people pick this more. They're going to want the nacho cheese Doritos more or Cool Ranch, whatever you want to say. They want the Doritos more than the pretzels. So pretzels is always out here comparing himself because he's not the superior snack. And we sit here like the pretzels that there are people out there that are going to say, yeah, I'm going to pick pretzels because I like pretzels for what pretzels are. I want pretzels to be pretzels. I don't want pretzels to be nacho cheese Doritos. And I'm not liking all these companies that are trying to make different things to try to make them like the other chip. They're coming out with like nacho cheese pretzels. And it's like, just let pretzels be pretzels. Let them have salt. Let them be dry. I want pretzels when I want pretzels. And so we're out here like the pretzels trying to compare ourselves to everybody else. Why can't you just be satisfied that God thinks who you are is special for who you are and you don't need to compare yourself? You don't need to be like Punchinello who starts listing all these things. I'm not as good as so-and-so at jumping. I'm not good at so-and-so with my paint, my paint's all chipped and peeling. And so we start going, well, I don't dress as good as this person. Well, I don't have as good as hair as Taylor. 
because Taylor has a superior hair. I'm just kidding. But it's like then we start comparing to everybody, and it's like, just be you. That's who God wants you to be. You need to begin to believe that God thinks you're special. Real quickly, so I'm already getting sidetracked. Luke 19. Luke 19 is a story you've probably heard before. Zacchaeus was a wee little man, and you sing the whole song. That's what we're going to look at. Zacchaeus and his story, it says here in verse 1 of chapter 19, Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector in the region. He had become very rich. He tried to get a look at Jesus, but he was too short to see over the crowd, so he ran ahead, climbed a sycamore tree beside the road, for Jesus was going to pass that way. When Jesus came by, he looked up at Zacchaeus, called him by name. I don't know what your translations say, but I think that's super important. Just like as we looked in Punchinelli, he called him by name. Zacchaeus, he said, quick, come down. I must be a guest in your home today. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down, took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He was gone to be a, he, he has gone to be a guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor Lord, and if I have cheated people on their taxes, I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, Salvation has come to this home today, for this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the Son of Man came to seek and save those who are lost. Okay, understand, breaking the story down a little bit. Understand this. There's this man, Zacchaeus. He's the chief tax collector. This man probably has money everywhere. We're at, we're at somebody's house last night, and we started looking, at, looking up all these different people and what their value was worth. There's a boxer, Floyd Mayweather, who it says his value is 500 up to 1 billion. 500 million up to 1 billion is his net worth. I mean, this is like what Zacchaeus probably is raking in. Lot of money he doesn't even know what to do with. Why? Because tax collectors, unlike the IRS today, go around with the Roman government and say, you owe this much. And even if it wasn't true, they could charge whatever they needed. So if I said, you owed me $20, but I wanted to make a little money, you actually owe me 40 And they had to pay this to to the tax collector. So he went around cheating all these people out of money, making all this money himself. And he was the chief tax collector. So he probably got even more money because what probably happened is the Roman government appointed him to then he appointed other people to go out. And so he would get a percentage of what they cheated out. And so he's got money everywhere. People know this man for the wrong things he's doing. They don't know this guy on good terms. They know this guy for all the wrong he does. And so Zacchaeus gets word that this man named Jesus is coming through. He gets this word that the creator is coming through. And he says, man, I got to see this guy. What is all this talk about this guy named Jesus? I got to see him. Well, Zacchaeus ain't much taller than my dad, who's about this tall. So he got to get up in a tree. He got to get up there so he can see where Jesus is at, when Jesus is coming, just to get a glimpse at this guy. And he climbs up, gets up there, starts to see Jesus. Jesus walks by and instantly, instantly looks up, says, Zacchaeus, Jesus knows his name. It's something special that Jesus knows his name. And it's something special that he would do the same to you, instantly know your name. Again, just like Punchinello. Jesus doesn't forget who you are, even if you're a sinner. 
like Zacchaeus. We're all sinners. He's still going to remember your name. So he looks up, he says, Zacchaeus, come down. I got to go to your house. Instantly in this moment, Zacchaeus has got to make a decision. Do I believe what everybody else says about me or do I believe Jesus? Do I believe that I'm a cheat? I'm a sinner? I'm broken and messed up. Jesus, you don't deserve to be with me. You don't understand who I am. You don't understand the lifestyle that I live. I am messed up and broken. Why would you want to spend time with someone like me? Why would you want to go to my house and share a meal? One of the probably the most intimate things you can do with somebody, share a meal, have a conversation, talk life. Why would you want to do that with somebody like me? Nobody else is asking Zacchaeus to come over. They're afraid he's going to take some of the stuff in their house. He's afraid he's going to ask for more money that they're going to have to give up. Nobody's asking Zacchaeus to come over. Yet Jesus is going. Why? Because there's something special about Zacchaeus. There's something about him that Jesus sees. So he says, Zacchaeus, come down. And so he's got to make a decision. Do I believe God or do I believe what other people are saying? Because if you look a few verses down here in verse 6 and 7, it says that Keys quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But right here, but the people were displeased. Why? He has gone to be the guest of a notorious sinner. This is what people are saying. If he believes what everybody else is saying, he's going to say, Jesus, now you don't deserve to be in my house. I'm too messed up. Jesus says, no, you're special. I want to go to your house. Why? Because I love you and for who you are. He doesn't say, Zacchaeus, I want you to clean yourself up. I want you to give some money back. Then I'll come over. No, he goes to Zacchaeus's house the way Zacchaeus is. And then they begin to share a meal together. They begin to have a conversation and something happens in that conversation. Something happens when he's with Jesus. He begins to believe what Jesus says about him. And so then Zacchaeus, as he stands in front of the Lord, it says there in verse 8, says, I'm going to give half my wealth away. This man's probably got money everywhere. I'm going to give half of it away. And everybody that I've cheated, I'm not going to give just their money back. I'm not even going to give it double back or triple back. I'm going to give it four times the amount that I cheated. You cheated me $20, you're going to give me back $80. That's what he's going to do to every single person he has cheated. Something happened in that conversation that he began to understand what God said about him and who he realized he was. He says, this is not who I am. I'm not a sinner. I'm not a cheat. I need a Savior. I don't need to live a life like everybody else is telling me to live or who I've assumed this is who I am. He says, no, I understand I'm broken. I understand I'm sinful. But God says I'm special, so I'm going to live that way. Sure, I'm filling in a few of the dots here. It doesn't give us the conversation, but something happened where he understood that even God wanted to be in a relationship with him. And he says then, there at the last verse, salvation has come to this house today. Because he began to believe. I remember when Shannon first started dating me, there were a couple people uh, that when they found out we were dating, 
that would text her or talk to her or tell her, I would be very careful with who you're dating. I'd be very careful if you get in a relationship with Taylor because I've had a track record of really hurting girls, um, not really being invested in the relationship. And so I had that record. That was who I was. I wasn't very good at relationships. And so when she said, I'm talking to Taylor, I'm interested in Taylor. I want to be in a relationship with Taylor. All these other people are saying, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't know if I would do that. And so she's now got to make a decision as we began dating. Am I going to listen to what other people say or am I going to listen to what I see in Taylor? Now, this is not, I don't want you to walk away and go home and say, well, Taylor was sharing that Shannon didn't listen to everybody else and now they're married and they're in ministry. That's not how it always works. Don't go home and say, well, I really like this person, but I'm not sure they are even know who Jesus is, but I'm not going to listen to what everybody else says. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. You've got to know the person. You've got to know their heart. You've got to watch their life. You guys know in relationships. But she had to make that decision. We could not be in a relationship today. We could not be married today if she started listening to everybody else. She listened, and now here we are today. Zacchaeus could have listened to everybody else and said, Jesus, I don't want you to come to my house. I'm too messed up. And he could have not been in a relationship with God today. But he was. He came to know Jesus through that situation because he began to believe what God said about him. I don't care what you've done. I care about you. And he believed him. Jesus wants each and every one of you to know, I don't care what you've done. I don't care what things you've messed up, what struggles you have, what problems you have. I care about you because you are special and I want you. Do you believe that? Do you believe that today? Because I think we don't believe it. And if we don't, believe it, I think it becomes really hard to begin a relationship with Jesus. Because in order for us to have a relationship with someone, we have to know how they see us. I can't have a relationship with Shannon if Shannon didn't like me. But once I saw how she saw me, and she saw how I saw her, we had a relationship because we both liked each other. You can't be in this relationship with God if God's telling you you're special and you're believing you're not. You're not going to experience this relationship to the fullest capacity you can. Will you begin to believe God today? That's all I'm asking. God sees you, God knows you, and God wants you. Will you believe it? Once you begin to believe how God sees you, it'll change your life. You'll never be the same. It's like this. I was asking Shannon some different things on Friday for an illustration year, and she gave me this idea so you can give her credit. Some of you may know this, but just pretend like you don't. Obviously, you can see this is a pop can. It's a regular pop can. There's nothing special. I'm not going to, like, pull something random out of here or, like, do something crazy. It's a regular pop can. Regular pop can. You know, 
when you open it, you know, see, hasn't been opened, nothing crazy. But, but when you open it, you know, you pull the tab, pushes the, the little piece of metal down, and now you have a spot to drink it. But I don't know how many of you know that if you put this tab down and you turn it around, I, mean, I can't really tip it because it'll pour out, but you see now the tab is in the front of it. Yeah, can you show us the side view? Yeah. But when you pull that tab, what you're supposed to do is it's a little holder that you can put your straw through so you now have a straw to put in your pop can. So you don't have to use the little hole anymore. Now you can use something that, and, and my straw's not gonna fall down, it's just not even gonna move because there's a little holder and a lot of times there's a lot of things in life, you know, I was looking at another thing, on the end of a tape measure, there's like that little metal serrated edge. I didn't know that, that can, you can put that on the wall and it makes a mark so you don't have to use a pen or a pencil to make a mark. And there's a spot underneath you can put a little nail on and it'll hold the nail in place. There's so many different things. We don't realize that this is what their intended purpose for. When you open a tic-tac thing, there's a little like circle thing. What you're supposed to do is it's supposed to have, you can put one tic-tac in there to give somebody one tic-tac without handing them the tic-tac. You put it in the lid and hand the little container over. See, we, we don't realize these things. There's so many different. I don't have any more, but those are the ones I remember. But, oh, there is another one actually. But I couldn't show this one. I told Shannon, I said it'd be funny, but I said I can't show it because it's, it would be bad. But the top of the Bic pens have the hole if you see in the cap. What the problem is, is that too many people put pen caps in their mouth and they end up swallowing them. So they made it a hole in there so if you happen to swallow it, you could still breathe while you got help. So I'm not going to show you how that works. I'm sorry. But now what you're going to understand is now you'll never be able to unsee this. You hear that stuff like all the time. I'll never be able to unsee this anymore. But now that I know what the true purpose of this tab is, I understand how it works. I'm different now. Life is different now because I understand the straw holder for pop. I'm totally different. Can't ever be the same. When you begin to truly understand who you are in God's eyes, this is what you were designed to do. This is what this tab was designed to do. When you design to be a special person in God's eyes and you begin to use what God says is true and live that way, you'll never be the same. You'll never be the same. You'll begin to understand your true purpose of being in this relationship with God. That's who you were created to be. A special, loved, precious possession in God's eyes to be in a relationship with Him. But a lot of us don't understand what what we truly are. We don't really understand what we were created for. And so we live like the pop can where many of us are just opening the tab and drinking out of the regular thing. But yet now we can use a straw because we understand what that's for. Well, now I can have a relationship fully with God because I understand I'm special. A lot of us need to know that. And the question is, will you believe him? Believe God and what he says about you. Let me pray.